Hello again, it's Your Words Against Mine and Competitive Reading Podcast Between Two Siblings. I'm your brother co-host, Thomas Dempsey. And I'm your sister co-host, Elizabeth Connor. We are armed and dangerous, which is to say I got an arm from my microphone, so now I won't bump it when we record. Whoop whoop. Yeah. Uh, uh, how about you, Elizabeth? What you up to? Uh... All right. Want me to go? <laughs> well, wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> I, I guess what we're talking about is uh, what have you been up to? What have you not been reading? Um. Okay. Sorry. I, was, I wasn't sure if we were getting into that segment yet or not. Yeah, I think it's fine. But uh, suffice it to say, anything we talk about on this show that isn't books pretty much falls into that category. So, we don't really need to, I guess, pressure the push for it, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, there's more. So, do you remember, like, the whole spiel I gave you last time about, like, my day and how we went on lockdown because there were shots fired in the neighborhood? Oh, yes. I'm sure our audience remembers, too. Um, well, there's more to the story. I found out that concurrently, while my school was on lockdown, um, this man had called a taxi to, I don't know, go somewhere, and he asked his taxi driver, can we please go by my bank? And the taxi driver's like, I don't care, my meter's running. And so they go to the bank, and they go through the drive-thru because, you're, because they're not allowed in the bank. And the next thing the taxi driver knows... There's, he's surrounded by 20 cop cars. Oh, no. His passenger had slipped a note and delivered it through the tube system of the drive-thru saying, this is a stick-up, give me all your money. Oh, no. And so the cops, like, pull the taxi driver out, and they're like, did you know about this? Did you know? And he's like, I don't even know what's going on. So, yeah, a man tried to rob the bank through the drive-thru in a taxi. Was it, like, an actual cab or, like, an Uber-type deal? No, I mean, it was, like, it was, like, cabs that you see in, like, rural towns. It's not, like, a yellow taxi or anything, but it was a cab. Okay. So how does that work even? Does like what what was the guy threatening exactly? I don't know because he's in the drive-thru. Yeah. He just said my this thought is would a be like up. Yeah, I don't know. My thought would be like I, I mean, I don't want to speculate on how I would rob a bank, but uh yeah, that's wild. But and that and so that was related to the shooting. Not even a little bit. It just happened at the same time. Wow. That's trippy. So, and after that, things have been a lot calmer. Oh, happy to hear it. (laughs) I mean, I I guess it's, you'll have to, you're the one that has to wrestle with the boredom, I guess. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. So things have been, uh, I guess, kind of boring around here as well trying to think last big thing to happen uh oh i went by the library today 
Ooh, exciting. Because uh, for my reading the past couple weeks, I've only been um, reading off my phone. And rather than commit to any effort to try and factor out how many words were in the ebooks I read, I just went to the library and found the books that I read and worked it out from those. Okay. Yeah, then I picked up a bunch of small new arrivals they had there at the front. It was the the main branch in downtown. Uh-huh. Yeah, I hadn't been by there in a while. They've got every, you know, they got the whole socially distant, uh, keeping things clean set up. Right. And, uh, yeah, I guess it has been kind of a quiet couple. What? What? Okay. Uh, girl, let's see. Girls. Team won basketball, the SEC Southern Championship. Excellent. Good news. That was good. Yeah, we watched that. I changed some light bulbs in the living room earlier. Oh, we got you a new mattress. That's right. Dad told me about that. Yeah, we got that. Yeah, it, it's pretty nice. We had to, I guess, leave the window open a couple of, a few hours for a couple afternoons to let it air out. Uh-huh. I don't actually know if that was necessary. I just know mom said it had an odor that she wanted to disperse. And uh You know how mom is, is about fragrance. Yeah. Sure, sure. But uh yeah, it's a good time for it though. Spring is upon us. Yes, I mean it's it it's uh southern spring, which is to say late winter. Yeah. But yeah. Do you remember when you were a kid? And you just assumed the seasons lined up, like, evenly with the calendar? So, like, January, February, March, or spring, May, June, July, wait, wait. Do you get what I'm saying? I do get what you're saying, but I have never, like, that's not what I ever thought. I never thought of the start of the year being winter as a child, like, really young. I'm sure I, like, came to grips with it come i guess middle school or thereabouts but it was also some the sort of thing i never had to consciously think about like uh how we've talked about this before how for the longest time when you're learning to drive you don't pick up on the pattern of uh addresses being on like opposite sides of the road even in odds Mm-hmm. that was like something i didn't key to until like a couple years after i had my license Okay. Yeah. I yeah, like how I, you're just sort of taking my admissions of ignorance and stride. I I mean I'm an elementary school teacher. I that's just that's just what yeah. I do. Oh. <laughs> uh, you would uh, be well, amazed uh, at the stuff that I have said. Oh, okay. Too. Yeah. Which reminds me, we did have a fire alarm the other day, but it wasn't really a fire alarm. The fire alarm got pulled. Okay. And if you there's any other business to attend to, you want to just leap straight into books? Well, you know, there was something that interesting that I, I discovered, and now, I can't, now that I'm looking for it, I can't find it. Um, okay. which, you discovered know. how? Well, okay, so I... Like springtime is always just terrible for me. Like I'm I'm sad. I like don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do anything. Like springtime is not a good time for Elizabeth. And 
So I like looked, I like put it into Google, like, why am I sad in the spring? And I found like a Wikipedia article that said, you know, it's called, it may be called like reverse seasonal effectiveness disorder, um, where instead of being like depressed and sad in like the fall and winter, you're depressed and sad in the spring and summer. And it was like, the Germans also refer to it as, and it was this like long German word. And I was like, of course the Germans would have a word for that. Um, yeah. And I thought it was really funny at the time. And now I can't find the word for it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I hope you feel better. You know, I've been doing this thing where like, I've opened up a new Twitter account and on my Twitter account, I just post like anywhere from like three to five daily goals and they're all very simple things. Like they can come be, they can be completed in like one or two steps. Um, and it's really like doing that and then actually doing the things that I have tweeted out has really helped me to feel less overwhelmed and be more productive okay that sounds nice so well that might make for a good uh segue into book talk yeah uh, as far as being productive is concerned uh i've got had sort of a dynamic uh sort of a relationship with my reading over the past couple weeks uh as i mentioned before the show the books i read this time around were ebooks which is not my usual go-to, but they were the copies of the books in question that were most readily available through the Libby app, and I uh, just wanted to get in on them. And it's not like I haven't read a lot of e-books before. I've been reading library books and such on my phone for several years now. But I feel like, especially after the start of the year, just going on such a tear of like just paper books, and that's sort of being my main go-to in the past. It's just sort of like a different gear that I'm not as accustomed to. Uh-huh. So I have, like, for it's basically taken, I started reading these two ebooks before we recorded our last episode, and I only just finished them, I'd say, maybe two hours before we were recording this episode. So it was... And neither of them are especially long. It's really just a matter of motivation and engagement. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just feel like having a book on my phone, i.e. the portal through which I can do virtually anything, uh, makes honing down on it like a more conscious choice than, say, having a book at hand that I can just pick up and put down at will, commit to reading, like... A chapter or just a couple pages or what have you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it's just sort of conditioning at this point, I think. But in any rate, yeah, like I said, I got the books finished, and I'm happy to talk about them now. Uh, I already mentioned them before. The two of them were uh, books that I'd started for uh, Black History Month. And looking here, it was... Um, I want to get the full titles and author names right, so I'm bringing up the app now. Uh, the first one was, Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria and Other Conversations About Race by Beverly Daniel Tatum, Ph.D. And the other was, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Abram X. Kendi. And mm-hmm. they're actually 
pretty nicely complementary. Uh, the first one, the Tatum, was uh, more of a psychological overview of a bunch of different studies that have been taking place over the years. And uh, the orig- it was a 20th anniversary edition, the copy that I read. So it was published in 1997, and this new edition came out in, obviously, 2017. And, uh, you know, with that, you're getting a lot of additional context. Like, uh, Tatum, like, very deliberately went back and included, like, a whole uh, preface uh, about the intervening two decades of uh, race relations and the state of race in the United States. And uh, then, like, just going throughout the book, incorporating more recent studies and uh, events that have taken place. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, while the other book, uh, The Kendi, was uh, published in, I want to say, 19, like 18 or 19... It's much, it's more recent than that, even that. So, uh, but anyway, um, so that's a book that, uh, I guess to give you a sense of their various perspectives, while the Tatum ran through the uh, 2016 election into the start of 2017, Mm -hmm. uh, the Kendi, I think, extended well into, like, the most recent... I guess administration. So it had, I guess you could say, a more holistic perspective of the state of things. And that kind of shines through one way or another in regards to the author's various outlooks. I think the Kendi is a bit more uh, uh, in, like, in your face with its uh, outlook and um, sort of summing up of the state of things, whereas the Tatum is a bit more uh at a at a remove mm-hmm. which isn't to say that it's um out of touch uh it actually the that opening segment that i mentioned was actually pretty interesting it touched on a lot of the like unrest that was taking place throughout the last decade and of course leading up to everything that's been going on and like i mentioned uh doc uh, dr tatum is a uh trained psychologist so a lot of her writing and a lot of her arguments sort of stem from the practicalities of uh, research and studies. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'd say the timber of the Kendi is more of like an autobiographical and philosophical treatise. Not to say that there isn't like as strong a basis, because I believe Kendi also has a degree and uh, draws a lot more strongly on history. Um, especially like going back centuries to various like international and global trends mm-hmm. to uh, formulate his like theses and arguments. So uh, yeah, I really enjoyed reading the two. I think they, like I said, I think they complement each other well. I think if anyone wanted to pick them up, they'd be well suited to uh, like sort of chapter hop one to the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of it all, I'd say while the Tatum is very interesting, something about the way that it's sort of positioned is almost more like a resource rather than like a sort of directed statement, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Or that's just sort of the vibe I got. Whereas the candy is much more direct. It's much more engaging. 
and uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, the The only real reservation I would have with recommending it is that um, I feel like there's a baseline for a lot of the uh, arguments and context for what it goes into that uh, I guess somebody just looking, just starting out in like that area of research would sort of need sort of some priming form perhaps. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned that uh, Vine the other week about uh, the guy who was recommending books on race. Right. And like what books to read in what order. Mm-hmm. So I think the How to Be an Anti-Racist is a really valuable book that a lot of people would be well directed towards, but I'm not sure that it's best gone into cold. Okay. And that's actually what that guy said. He said that, um, you know, for a white person to first read the book White Fragility and then go into how to be an anti-racist and while you are reading how to be an anti-racist to also complete the accompanying workbook. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that sounds good. But anyway, then that was, uh, that was basically my reading for the last couple of weeks. I started, um, one of the books you assigned for my challenge. Okay. Uh, Which one? I picked up another. It's another ebook. It's uh, the uh, sadness of lemon cake. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten around to picking up the short story book okay. that you uh, mentioned, but I'll get on it. Okay. And like uh, likewise, I'm still making my way through Anna Karenina. Okay. I'm about seventy-five thousand words in. Yeah. Which, uh, according to the tracker, I'm only about like a quarter of the way through, so Ooh, we'll be boy. keeping up with that. Yeah, it's a long one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, apparently there are some like well-received film adaptations of it that I'd be interested to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was Kira Knightley, I think, stars in one? Yeah, I think I think she stars in the most recent one. Yeah, and I've heard good things about it, so I'd be interested in checking that out. She is the yeah. queen of period pieces. Really? Uh, I know she, I mean, I mainly know her from Pirates. Well, she was also in the most recent film adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. And okay. And she was nominated for an Oscar. For that? For her uh, her work in, yeah, she played the role of Elizabeth Bennett. That's cool. I can't remember if I read Pride and Prejudice. I know I read Sense and Sensibility. And I've got like the full like penguin edition of like all of uh Jane Austen's novels. Mhm. And which is it's like they uh, they've got that version and then them or someone else has started publishing the individual uh novels as the uh, like standalone paperbacks mm-hmm. which I might be more inclined to get once I start digging my way th- into them. Mhm. But uh, for the time being, I like the edition I have. It's sort of got like a heft to it that uh, feels reliable. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you want to take a quick break, and when we get back, we can talk about what you've been up to? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So we'll be doing that. Okay. I'm going to go get something to drink. I'll be right back. Sure thing. All right. And I'm back. All right. Yeah, what you drinking? I uh, just 
got I just got some wine. Okay, yeah. I uh they had a standy of Guinness at Publix the other week for I guess for St. Patrick's Day. Mhm. So I picked up a case of uh of those. Okay. And I've been I've actually got my old uh, revelry uh glass out to drink it in. Because they always recommend that you drink it in a glass. Yeah. I'm going over to Caleb's tomorrow night for a movie night. And and that's normally where I do not a lot of drinking, but a fair bit. So mm-hmm. I might get make sure I have a gl- clean glass with me so I can head it up there. Okay. Yep, we're still working our way through Godzilla and various stuff. That sounds fun. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And uh, we had we grilled steaks last weekend. We told you about that, but mm-hmm. uh, it was my first time grilling steaks in a while, and I feel like I misjudged the timing on them because first steak I pulled off was a lot more rare mm-hmm. than I was expecting. And granted, I went ahead and ate that one because I'm I'm more of a medium rare guy myself, but mom and dad are more medium well done. Mm-hmm. So I had to spend a bit more time getting theirs just right. Yeah. And uh, I guess I was worried about them get being too dry. Yeah. But uh, they, di- they didn't seem too put out by what we wound up with. Okay, that's good. We yeah. did steaks Saturday when we had Andrew. And when Brian asked him, like, how do you like your steak, son? He's like, the least chewy. Okay. Is that good? Oh, wait, the what is chewy? Like, he wants his steak cooked so that it's, like, not chewy. Okay. So, so we had to call Andrew's mom and be like, what does he mean? And basically... Wait, he wouldn't he, just tell you? He he doesn't, like, I don't think he knows how to describe, like, medium well, medium rare. Okay. Like, so he just says, like, the least chewy, so... Oh, okay, so this was before you were cooking them. Yeah, this is before we were cooking it. Um, okay. I would uh. So yeah, we had to so Brian called his mom and was like, "What is what does he mean?" And he meant medium well. Okay. That sounds about right. Although I don't know, I didn't find my medium rare steak all that chewy. I don't think medium rare is very chewy either, but he's also 11, so I can understand him not wanting to eat like okay something that's that yeah. red sure yeah I, I get that yeah yeah i didn't start eating hamburgers until i was in like my teens yeah no well maybe not that late surely no you were but, like uh, you were like 11 or 12 oh okay yeah that checks out i guess though that is more like when i say teens various implications uh pre uh preteen years yeah. i guess yeah but uh yeah, I don't know. Do we want to keep all this in? We can. Alrighty, I'll work around it. Okay. So yeah, uh, in case you haven't noticed, we're back. <laughs> and uh, Elizabeth was just about to tell us about what she's been reading. Yeah. So, you know, last time, or in our last episode, I complained about having, like, reader fatigue. And now, these these past two weeks, I have fallen down a rabbit hole. Because, um, and- you know, I mentioned like the Motorcycle Club uh, romance series that I had started. So yep. I read through like 
nine of those books. Yowza. <laughs> and so, so anyway, like I talked about the first two on our last episode. So I've read through like seven more and then I got to, and then something happened that I've never seen happen before. The author of the Motorcycle Club series said, I am now passing this character on to another author. So if you want to read more about him, you're going to have to go read her book. Okay. And I was just like, and I was like, oh my gosh. So I went and I read that book and it bothered me the whole time because I'm sitting here and I'm like, they're talking about like all of these characters who have relationships with one another and they're talking about all these like pairings and I don't have any idea who anybody is. So I read through that book because it was a continuation of the motorcycle club series that I had started. And then I had to go back and I had to find the begin. I had to, I had to put in some work because I had to find where the beginning of this series comes into place. So it was a series crossover. It was a series crossover, and it was confusing because I was like, okay, so it's a crossover of, like, two different motorcycle club romance series. And it kind of is, but it's kind of not. Because the series actually starts with the mob, and then the motorcycle club gets worked in. Huh. So... It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So there was a series crossover, and it really bothered me that during the crossover book, I didn't know who any of these new characters were, so I had to go find the beginning of this other series, and now I'm reading through it, and then once I get caught up, I feel like I can go back to the Motorcycle Club series that I was reading, and I can keep going, because the next book in the Motorcycle Club series has a character from the other author. Oh, so it's like a so it's like two crossover books. Yeah, it's like a swap off. Yeah. Well, all right. I mean, I've never heard of any writers doing that, but it's I mean, the closest I can think is like when sci fi and fantasy writers will like team up for a book. Uh huh. Like uh, uh, the talisman or good omens. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, that's pretty. That sounds pretty wild. So, and, and, and since I've gone on this adventure or since I've, you know, embarked on this endeavor, whatever you want to call it, the new author who I'm reading, like all of my reader pet peeves are firing Uh oh. because these are self-published books and I have absolutely right. no problem with self-published books. Um, sure. But there are some things that can slip through the cracks. And in this particular instance, spelling and correct word usage <laughs> is our two big ones. Oh, me. So, like, I'm just, like, reading through the book, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, I've been reading, like, full-on published books and come across spelling errors so i mean but it sounds like it's a bit more than that yeah it's more than that it's like you know you come across like a you come across like a full-on published book like that's done with an editor and through a publishing house and everything like that and like 
you're going to find some, you're going to find some grammatical mistakes. You're going to find some spelling errors, but you might find like, I don't know what, 10 to 15 in a 1000 page book. Wow. That, okay. Maybe. I, I mean, I get, I get you what you mean, like relative. Yeah. But with this set with like, like with this particular one, I'm finding like errors on every other page, every third page. Wow. And I'm like, oh, oh, honey. But, but I mean, the story is good. It's just, it's those little things that are, that detract me from the story because I'm like, it, it just distracts me. I'm like, now I'm taken out of the story because I'm too focused on the fact that you misspelled like the word world or something. Okay. Or the word tequila, like. So yeah, so I have completely gone down like a whole rabbit hole of this like motors of this like motorcycle club sat slash mob romance series, and it's really good. But I I've. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I've been reading. Okay, well, I hope that's not all you've been reading. Don't worry, it's not. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, do you want to do some challenge talk? Yeah, let's do some challenge talk. All right. For new listeners, uh, every week, or every episode, rather, one of us will be uh, issuing a reading challenge for the other to complete within a month's time. One month back, I issued the challenge to Elizabeth to read two short story collections. Now, Elizabeth... Did you succeed in your challenge? I did. Yay. I mean, I guess it's to be expected. I mean, these are just short story collections. They're not manga. Hey, with the the manga challenge, I just got overconfident. Right. Yeah, you've been, you were sufficiently humbled. I I was sufficiently humbled. But, uh, all right, so tell us about the books you read. Okay, so obviously I read two. Um, one of the, the first one that I read was, hold on, let me get to the, Bedtime Stories, a horror short story collection by Raina Blind. And then the second one I read was The Suicide Club, written by Robert Louis Stevenson. Oh, Wow. Yeah, it's the guy who wrote Treasure Island. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I didn't realize he worked in short stories. Um, it, It's very much in like the same vein as like Sherlock Holmes. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, it was really have, cool. Yeah. All right, well, let's hear about it. Okay, so I'll talk about the first one. Um, I'll talk about the bedtime stories one. Cause it, I'll talk about it first because it was my least favorite. Um, but basically it was a collection of like, I don't know, like six or like five or six, maybe seven, um, different little horror short stories. And to me, like, yeah, they were not like scary, like keeping me up at night. Like I can't sleep. They're so scary. I've only had one book ever do that to me. Um, and I'll tell you what it is later. Okay. But... These were, like, creepy um, and, like, kind of messed up. But they very much reminded me of, like, 
an undergraduate creative writing major project. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, they were creepy. And, yeah, they were, um, like, vivid and, and stuff like that. But they just very much felt like exercises. Hmm. And, and I mean, the right. stories were interesting. Like, you had, like, the very first story, Straight Out the Gate, is about a surgeon who collects organs off the black market. Sure. Um, and then you've got one who a woman is pregnant and she has a telepathic connection with, with her, with her child. But the thing is that she's pregnant with twins and one of the children is living and one of them is dead. Oh, so it's like, who does she have the telepathic connection with? Um, one's about a woman who's upset, who, who thinks that her boyfriend's new dog is after her. Okay. So like yeah, I yeah. mean like they're they're creepy. Um sure. and they're interesting and like they are kind of gruesome, but I don't know. Like I've I've read better. Yeah. Was this another uh, independently published one or Um I'm not really sure. I found this one on a completely different app. Okay, I I found I found both of these on the Scribd app. Okay. I have a Scribd subscription. Um, what was the name of the book again? Bedtime Stories, a horror short story collection by Raina Blind. Uh, you go on ahead. Okay. So then the second one I read, which was The Suicide Club by Robert Louis Stevenson, it was so good. So it was first public, the first publication was in London in 1882. And then the actual, like, in book form, The Suicide Club, was published in 1896. Okay. And it very much reminded me of, like, Sherlock Holmes, um, because it follows the adventures of Prince Florizel, who is the Prince of Bohemia, and his master of horses slash best friend, um, who is Colonel Geraldine. Okay. And they stumble upon a suicide club. And adventures right. ensue. Okay. And uh, is that, you say it was a short story collection? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it like the same characters across the various stories? So the first story, because it's three short stories. So the right. first story, like... It, it introduces you to Prince Florizel and Colonel Geraldine and the premise of the Suicide Club. Um, it introduces you to the villain who is the president of the club. Right. And then the second and the third story introduce side characters who get pulled into the drama of the happenings around the first story. Wow. Well, that sounds interesting. It's really interesting. It's really well. It's really well written, um, and and it was you know I think a lot of people have this misconception about like older literature that it's not engaging, and this was very engaging. Yeah, no, I've read a lot of the uh, Sherlock Holmes stories, and I found them to be eminently readable. Mm-hmm. So I think if you yeah. like Sherlock Holmes, you would definitely like the Suicide Club. Um, yeah, it's not. I guess I don't. 
it's not like a suicide pact club. It's much more nefarious than that. Okay. It's really yeah, I mean, good. I'd be, I I'd, really, really loved yeah. it. Wow, and I'm glad to hear it. I look forward to checking it out. All right. Well, if that covers everything we've been reading, do you want to go ahead and get into the word totals? Sure. So, I read those two, and then I've read... Hold on. One, two, three. One, two, so three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've read... I've read 14 books in two weeks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I just sit here and count. Um, so, since our last episode, I've read a total... I've read a total of 670,116 words. Huh. <laughs> Which brings my word total... To one million five hundred sixty-eight thousand seven hundred and sixty-eight words since we've started our challenge. Okay. Well, suffice it to say, you've pulled ahead. <laughs> uh, let's see. I read two books. Uh, Why are all the black kids sitting together at the cafeteria? Was uh, one hundred and twenty thousand eight hundred forty-eight words. And How to Be an Anti-Racist was 83,491.2 words. So add that to my total, uh, previous total, and I have a current word total of 1,089,296 words. So, so you're leading me by about 400,000, it sounds like. Yeah. Four or five. So <sighs> we have reached a milestone. Really? We've both read over a million words. Oh, yeah. I so, mean, it's... So, now is the time, because I ordered us, I ordered one for me and one for you, a little something special. So, um, you should have a package there with you. I do. Let and, me just see if I can grab it without... Uh, yeah, got it. Okay, so I want you to go ahead and open it up. Okay. Uh, he, uh... Taped it ship pretty, and you said you ordered this for yourself as well. Yeah, I ordered one for me too. Okay, well, uh, there we go. I have this uh, technique for opening boxes where I scream at them. Uh, and you know, Dad got me a thing that's supposed to be good for like cutting tape mm -hmm. on packages, but I've set it aside and it's not readily accessible at the moment ah here we go okay it's opening and you know what it is so you don't have to like pace yourself out yeah no I know what it is pulling the paper out Goodness, nice. ah Okay, well, I just found a straw. <laughs> uh, and it is a cup. It is a travel mug that says one million words read. And look your on the other side. Oh, my gosh. You got us your words against mine mugs. I did. 
That is so cool, Elizabeth. Thank so, you. You're welcome. So now it we have like... something to drink out of when we film the rest of our podcast episodes this year. Okay, yeah, that's so cool. Thank you. You're welcome. And who made these for you? Um, This is a small business called LC Designs and Creations. I found her from uh, Jaclyn Hill. She's a, like a... She's an influ like a makeup influencer. I found sure. her from Jacqueline Hill's stories. Yeah. And she has, and I commissioned a, a another cold tumbler from her, and I really really liked her work. So um, when I realized that we were going to be coming up on having read a million words, I wanted to get something to commemorate the occasion. So. I reached out to her and I just kind of told her like, this is what I want. And she made it happen. Oh, well, that's so nice. Thank you. And I've got something for you as well. Yes, you do. Yeah, that's right. It's a new challenge. Mm-hmm. You successfully completed your last one. So this time I'm only going to re recommend that you read one book. <laughs> okay. And uh, it's nothing specific. It's a very broad category. But uh, as you know, we are in March, which is Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. So, for your challenge this month, I am assigning you to read one nonfiction book written by a woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I figure, like, you know, that's... Uh, Get some fresh perspectives on things. Yeah. And uh, I know there's a lot of great ones out there. One, The one I read earlier this year, uh, Why Fish Don't Exist, is a pretty interesting history about like uh, early 19th and 27th century, uh, not uh, early 19th and 20th century uh, scientists. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of other books that I've come across. That uh, seems like they'd be intriguing, but uh, yeah, you just have your pick, and uh, we'll be back around this time next month to talk about them. That about does it for us tonight. This was a very nice episode. Elizabeth, thank you again. It was. Thank you. Yeah, a bit laid back, too, because I am literally laying back in bed, and uh, I don't have to rush off this time, though, if well, I've been good. rather short. In recent uh, recordings, it's because I would always like, through like one circumstances or other, have to like rush off to the bathroom. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good now. Mm-hmm. Good. And uh, yeah, we're we're recording these episodes on Thursday nights too. So uh, I'll be get getting this edited uh, in a couple hours. But uh, I think we've finally got our uh, workflow established to where it's a lot simpler getting all the tracks together. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, liking how things are going. Looking forward to uh, seeing y'all again in a couple weeks. Elizabeth, until that time, do you want to tell people where they can find us? Sure. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Your Words Podcast. Um and that's where we are. You can also find us 
on Apple Podcasts and I guess anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Uh, I don't know if you have to submit it for approval. Oh. But we do have an RSS feed uh, yeah. for but your you words against mine. You can definitely and find we, us on Apple Podcasts. Okay. Or and iTunes. we have a website. Yeah, uh, and we have right, a website. Uh, your words against your words against wait. Yourwordspodcast.com? I think so. I, I mean I should know. I <laughs> did it. I hold on, let me check. <laughs> yep, yourwordspodcast.com. Okay. That's where you can find yep. us too. Yes, but yeah. So uh, until next time, I've been your uh co host Thomas Dempsey. And I've been your co-host, Elizabeth Connor. And I'm feeling pretty well sorted this time, so I won't be stumbling over my goodbye. Okay. Do you want me to do the stumbling? If you would, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> okay, bye. That wasn't much of a stumble, but okay. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>